0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Wise Winkworth Sherwood's podcast series where we discuss themes and topics within English law. My name is Karina and I'm your host for this podcast. And we've got the lovely Slena here with us. Slena, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. So today we are going to be discussing about civil partnerships in England and Wales. So, if around New Year's Eve and at the, I guess at the start of this year, we saw quite a few headlines about this, you know, about the introduction of civil partnerships.
1: Um, When did the first one take place again? So on uh, New Year's Eve 2019, uh, we had the first opposite-sex civil partnerships taking place in England and Wales. So civil partnerships were available before then. Uh, Same-sex couples could enter into civil partnerships from 2004, and this was before marriage was made available to all. So why has it been introduced now, I guess? So after marriage was legalised... Uh, For all, in 2014, same-sex couples had the choice between entering into a civil partnership with their significant other or marriage. And that wasn't the case for opposite-sex couples, who, until the turn of the decade, could only marry. And there were couples that campaigned for equal civil partnerships. And one couple that became the face of this campaign, uh, Rebecca Steinfeld and Charles Caden, after same-sex marriages were legalized, asked for a civil partnership. But they were turned away because they were not of the same sex. Right, okay. They felt that although they were in a significant relationship and they wanted to formalize that, they didn't feel like marriage was for them. They felt that it was patriarchal, they didn't like the religious associations with Mm -hmm. it, and so felt very strongly that civil partnership would be a better fit for them. So the decision to refuse granting them a civil partnership was one they challenged, and they took it all the way to the Supreme Court. Um, and eventually it was agreed that until opposite-sex couples could have the same um, choice between civil partnership and marriage, there couldn't be true uh, equality.
0: How are civil partnerships and marriage different? You know, Is
1: it just kind of the name? Or? Um, the short answer is they're not very different. Um, I'll cover the differences first of all. So, as I've already mentioned, civil partnership doesn't have the same religious or patriarchal associations as marriage does, so you don't, brides aren't given away, uh, they don't promise to obey their husbands, uh, but of course you can make those tweaks when you right. get married, but it's sort if of, we're looking sort of at the origins of it and the tra- traditions, if you like. Right. Um, another difference is that a civil partnership ceremony doesn't involve the exchanging of vows, as you would have with a marriage. So the union is validated when both parties sign uh, the civil partnership document, and that's before a registrar and two witnesses. Beyond that, couples who are entering into a civil partnership can choose uh, exactly what they want their ceremony to entail. Uh, another difference, uh, one I particularly like, is that when you enter into a civil partnership, both your parents' names appear on your civil partnership certificate. That's really well, cool. Yeah, it is cool, because when you get married, it's just your father's names. Right. Um, And then simply, when it comes down to terminology, that's different. Uh, You don't refer to your um, other half as your husband or wife, they become your civil partner. You can't call yourselves married, but being in a civil partnership is a legally recognized status. But
0: okay, so you said that they're they're not that different, so why is that?
1: Civil partnership offers essentially the same practical advantages, in terms of legal and financial advantages, as marriage does. Civil partners benefit from the same tax and pension benefits and inheritance rights. Uh, They have joint parental responsibility for their children, as married couples do. But as with with most things, when you acquire rights, uh, you also have to make commitments to responsibilities. (laughs) So under a civil partnership, civil partners have broadly the same responsibilities to one another uh, as they would if they were married. The commitments made under civil partnerships aren't any lesser than they are in a marriage. In terms of responsibilities, these are financial ones. Mm -hmm. So when a couple uh, divorces, if one party is at an economic disadvantage as a result of the marriage, for instance, they've given up Mm -hmm. uh, their career in order to care for children, there is a duty to maintain the financially weaker spouse. And that same principle applies with civil partnership. Right, okay. So
0: the headlines kind of refer to civil partnerships as being second-class marriages or kind of marriage lite
1: so to speak. And are they kind of misleading then? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, civil partnership is essentially marriage by a different name. I think what has caused confusion is how civil partnerships differ in the rest of the world. Um, in some countries, it's not dissimilar to England and Wales in that they are civil partnerships are broadly similar to marriage. Whereas in other countries, it, you're making lesser commitments when you enter into a civil partnership. And in fact, there was some research done that shows that when couples entered into, or some couples that entered into civil partnerships um, when they were introduced in 2004 actually didn't realise what it was they were signing up to and they had assumed that the rights and responsibilities being part of a civil partnership Mm -hmm. would be less than if they were to get married. Right. Um, And actually that isn't the case at all. (laughs) So the cynic in me has got to ask, you know, it's
0: all fine and dandy when things are going well and it's romantic, but what happens when they don't, you know? How do you get out of a civil partnership? Is it the same as a divorce, essentially?
1: Uh, you say cynic, I say realist. Uh, <laughs> as a family lawyer, this is my uh, specialism. Um, but yes, when you leave a civil partnership, it's called a dissolution. And that okay. process is broadly the same as Divorce. Uh, the terminology is different but otherwise it's as I say essentially the same and right, um, the only difference is is that you can't dissolve a civil partnership on the basis of adultery which, which you, you can could for in a marriage. marriage. Right.
0: Yeah. A lot of it you hear about divorce being you know there are financial consequences of that but what are the financial consequences
1: of a civil partnership? Yeah so when you enter into a marriage you agree to share everything that's mm-hmm. a product of your marriage entering into a civil partnership is the same. Uh, As I said earlier, it creates the same rights and responsibilities as if you were a married couple. Right. So that means when you uh, dissolve a civil partnership and you're looking at separating your assets, the starting point will be that everything is shared. Right. And I've talked earlier about the economic disadvantages that some people can experience by uh, entering into a civil partnership or a marriage. And again... Uh, that means that financially weaker parties will need to be uh, maintained uh, by the uh, breadwinner, to uh, use that term. Uh, it's done on a case-by-case basis, and there's lots of other factors that are taken into account. Uh, we're guided by case law as well as the legislation. And every, as I, every case is different, um, and judges have a huge amount of discretion. So it's not as simple as saying 50-50, but that will always be the starting point. Yes. So I can see kind of why
0: it's, it's relatively attractive, you know, um, to enter into a civil partnership. Um, but given how similar they are,
1: what was the kind of point of them being introduced? I think it all boiled down to choice, essentially. And the idea that there could only be equality for opposite-sex couples to have the same choices as to the kind of union they entered into mm-hmm. as same-sex couples. Some did make the argument as to well why introduce civil partnerships? Mm. It's basically the same as marriage, but that all seems a bit academic. It's here people now have a choice. It's here now we can have it's, now move forward with it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that people are going to embrace it. Hopefully, I think that names really matter to people. Mm. Um, what their union stands for really matters. So even though yeah. the cons- even if you're acquiring the same rights more or less, under a civil partnership as you would be with a marriage, if you don't want to call your uh, other half your husband or your wife, you want to feel that you're more uh, equal, I suppose, then I think civil partnership really does have an appeal. Um, Another argument for why civil partnerships needed to be widened was to try and put in place more protection for cohabiting couples. In the UK, we have over 3.3 unmarried couples. Uh, they represent one in five family types. Wow. Um, and as things stand, couples that simply live together have no rights or responsibilities as a result of them living together. And that means that the financially weaker party in a cohabiting relationship has no protection under the law. Mm-hmm. By bringing in civil partnerships, uh, it's hoped that some of those cohabitants who felt that marriage wasn't quite the right fit for them, but they Mm -hmm. still want to formalise their relationship, Mm -hmm. will now choose to enter into civil partnerships. Why do couples
0: that are living together need protection? And if we've been living long enough, aren't they kind of treated as
1: what's called common-law marriage, you know? Now, uh, common-law marriage is the notion that if you live together as a husband and wife, you will acquire the same rights as a married couple would. Uh, That's a complete myth. Uh, (laughs) Cohabitants do not have any uh, protection under the law. Uh, And that's been the case for a long time. But this isn't widely known. A statistic that surprised me uh, is that only one in three couples living together knows that there is no such thing as a common-law marriage. That's so crazy. this means you can live together for decades, you yeah. can have children together, one of you can have uh, given up your job in order to care for children, while the other yeah. uh, is the uh, main Bread breadwinner. Win, yeah. That uh, fi- you know financially stronger party can up and leave one day and leave their... Um, high and dry. Leave, yeah, exactly, leave them high and dry, and potentially children as well. I suppose it's less of an issue if um, the, uh, a couple that's living together are both earning, they both have assets in their own name. But there's lots of people that don't have that set, sort of balance and are left financially vulnerable. And
0: I guess, you know, even if you did, you know, you could, say, buy a property, you know, so, which leads me to the point of where does that leave couples that are living
1: together at the moment? Yeah. So there is continued push for reform to bring in protections for cohabitants. We could look to our neighbours for inspiration. Uh, For instance, in Scotland, um, as in England and Wales, there's no such thing as a common-law marriage, but there are rights for cohabitants. They're lesser rights than you have uh, if you enter into a civil Mm -hmm. partnership or a marriage, Uh, but these can be evidenced, and as a result of those rights, uh, you can have... um, Financial payments made to you mm. by your um, ex partner, for example. Alternatively, we could have a, um, uh, uh, something similar to the French, which is called the PAX, uh, literally the Civil Solidarity Pact. Uh, it's a contract that couples can enter into under which you acquire some rights and responsibilities, but less so than in a marriage. Um, and it's easier to get out of a PAX uh, than it is to be divorced. Um, So it offers something genuinely different to um, what a civil partnership here can offer. If you own property together, you need to think carefully about how that is owned. Um, If you've made uh, financial contributions to Mm -hmm. it, especially if they are unequal contributions, um, it would be very sensible to have a declaration of trust in place to reflect the uh, different contributions made. Um, Cohabitation agreements are quite attractive as well to some you can be very creative with them, uh, but the only problem is there is a question mark as to their enforceability right. so as it stands it 's n- not' uh, it 's a, it's a, an imperfect situation, uh, but one that I imagine is going to be changing, and family lawyers are continuing to push for the law to reflect where modern society now is
0: yeah you know, and as i said i I can see the kind of attraction of them, and I can see i guess why they 've been introduced but what, what do you think? Do you think they'll
1: be popular? Well, it's been... Civil partnership has been billed by uh, campaigners. In fact, uh, Rebecca Steinfeld, who I talked about earlier, who was the uh, woman who... Uh, the fate took, of it. The, exactly, yeah. who took her case to the Supreme Court. Um she describes civil partnership as the feminist way of getting hitched. And I think it's going to be an attractive idea. I think she says that why civil partnership is important is because it reminds people of the equal roles that civil partners have to play. Um, And I think potentially it will be popular. Government statistics say that... Uh, this year they, uh, they forecast there's going to be 84,000 opposite-sex civil partnerships okay. um, and that this will eventually tail off to around uh, 30,000 a year. Okay. If we compare this with marriage, um, the last statistics available say that there were around 250,000 marriages. Right. So, so there's if,
0: still a bit of a fraction in comparison to marriage. Exactly.
1: I think marriage is still always going to be the more popular route. Uh, but we recently had a Next Generation event... Um, where I talked about civil partnerships. And we took a bit of a, uh, a straw poll. <laughs> and um, so among the young professionals in attendance, one in six said that they would consider entering into a civil partnership.
0: Which is quite a high number, if you think about it. Yeah.
1: Um, so we will have to see. Time will tell. In uh, some countries, in the Netherlands, for instance, a, um, a quarter of uh, unions are civil partnerships. Um, so they are—they've become incredibly, incredibly popular. So we'll have to see if it follows the same trend here. Yeah, I guess
0: so. Well, thank you so much, Delana, for all your time and explaining the differences to us. And of course, to anybody that's listening, um, if you do have any questions, just email us at marketing at WS Law. We'd love to hear from you. You can um, tweet us. You can send us a message on LinkedIn. We're W at WS Law. Um, and let us know. I think both me and Slana would love to know what, what's your view on it. Civil partnerships, marriage, where do you stand? Do you think it's popular? We'd love to kind of see what your view is, you know, see what the consensus is. Our next one is in two weeks' time. Um, until then, it's cheerio from us.